Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I'm your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me, as always, going my way indeed, Mr. Matthew Marchetti. Hey, Matt, how's it going this week? I am, uh, it's going well. It's, 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 a, it's a busy week for me. We've been, we've been watching my almost five-year-old nephew, and he doesn't say I'm exhausted and uh, a little relieved he's going home tomorrow. It's been a great <laughs> yeah. time, but I just, I just want to, like, wear and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not like quietly, like I want to watch a movie upstairs that doesn't involve like old, just anything. We watched the Lego movie last night. He had never seen it. Oh, and that's I great. That movie. It's, it's that was, that a fantastic was movie. Although I imagine a lot of it gets lost on him. Yeah, he, you know what? He, uh, I just sort of filled in the blanks a little bit and he seemed to understand. At least he seemed to enjoy it regardless of the parts he didn't understand. He's pretty bright, but yeah, it, it, it does get a little deep. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but being uh, being uncle to a almost five year old, that's pretty. Uh, that's a special time. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it, but yes, it does. I'm I, I'm listening to that, and it just sounds exhausting. Yes. So kudos to you for uh, for doing that. I am sure. Is it uh, your fan? Your yours or Steph's? No, it's my brother in law. It's your brother in law. Brother. Okay. So I have to return him in one. <laughs> yes. But I'm sure they are appreciative of yes, not no, no, having no, to deal with them. Oh, he's great. The kid's great. He's awesome. Awesome. That's great. Uh, before we get into it, seen any movies this week? No, because he was here. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's that's I think true. the last couple things I had seen or re-seen were uh, Waxwork 1 and 2, which I had posted on my Instagram. Um, we watched the Lego movie. We're going to watch the Lego Batman movie. And then um, my wife, Steph, had never seen uh, the Silent Adventure. Oh, that's which a good was great one. because it was the it was the year after French Connection, so Gene Hackman just really like you could tell he was like I just won an Oscar and I'm gonna do everything <laughs> in my he's just yelling the whole time. Fair, he does that in every movie, anyways. But he, he does it so well. He doesn't like older movies. He loved it. So. Oh, that's great. That's a it's always a it's a great one to a great one to rewatch. Definitely. Uh, I had a point I was going to make and lost it. Okay. Seen recently? <laughs> yes, uh, I actually just saw Atomic Blonde as well, yes. and was uh, I wanted a James Bond, John Wick movie, and I got neither. Mm-hmm. But dude, I got to say that single fake sequence at the end uh, it was just pure cinematic gold right there. It was just so wonderful, so beautiful. Uh, but I don't. I didn't. Uh, don't need the rest of the movie. Really, it's just like just give me that, and uh, I'll just keep. I'll just hold that in my heart, right, for all time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So the week's film is going my way. The 1944 Academy Award winner, 17th Academy Awards, uh, that were hosted on March 15th, 1945. The film is directed by a film written and directed by Leo McCary, starring Bing Crosby, Barry Fitzgerald, Frank McHugh, Gene Heather, and I'm gonna fuck this up, Rizé Stevens. Oh, I, that's what I was doing. That's, yeah. There's a little schwa over the yeah. e, I believe. Um, Matt, had you seen Going My Way before? Uh, it's a musical from the '40s, so no. <laughs> <laughs> is it a musical? It's kind of a well. It's, at least it's, it was billed as a musical. It was billed as a musical. It was yeah, definitely billed as a yeah. Well, we'll, we'll do so, that. No, I, I had not seen it. I, I am a fan of Bing Crosby, um, and I really like, to a point, the director Leo McCary has done some really really fabulous films. Um, I am very unfamiliar with him. What did else well, he did, did he do? He did a couple Marx Brothers films, Duck Soup. Um, he did one more, I think, too. He did he did a bunch of I think um, Laurel and Hardy. So it's, it's weird that his background was in comedy for a very long time, and then he sort of directed these sort of more melodramatic films as the years went on. You had Duck Soup, that was the only one. But he, hmm. he made a fantastic, one of my favorite movies from the 1930s, Make Way for Tomorrow, from 1937. It's the, it's the movie that they sort of riffed uh, Tokyo Story on, which is a movie people know more about. It's like oh, okay. the saddest, most heartbreaking film you'll ever see about old people in the Depression. Um, but it's really something special. I think a lot of people haven't seen it, but I have not. Really okay. good. Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, same as you, I uh, had not seen this film. Obviously, a bit huge Bing Crosby fan because how can you not? The man is um, 
so charismatic. Oh my god! Yeah. Even as a priest, you go, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's 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 really good. Uh, I know my uh, my mom is a huge fan of uh, White Christmas, uh, and how can you not be? Uh, it's an incredible movie, despite being in maybe a bit too long. The music is great, and um, yeah, what what else can you say? But hey, it's Bing Crosby. So, um, yeah. I guess right now we are going to take a very short break and come back and we're going to discuss the Academy Awards that year. Do stick around. pleasure I've ever had to present to you the Best Acting Award for 1944 for your wonderful, superb performance. Superb. Superb. Oh, my heaven. That's the uh, <laughs> best word I can dig up at the moment. In going my way. Thank you very much, Gary. Sing my congratulations. I couldn't be more surprised if I won the Kentucky Derby, really. Oh, yeah, I am actually looking up Leo McCary right now. He had a storied career starting in the silent era. One of the uh, one of those guys who transferred quite easily over to the talkies. Also did an affair to remember, one of the one of the great ones. And uh, his last film, Satan Never Sleeps. I, I, I just got to see what is this all about. <laughs> I think it still has to do with uh, William Holden and Clifton Webb. Those are people. During the Chinese Civil War of 1949, the communists constantly harassed the two priests of a remote Catholic mission outfit. That does not sound anything like the movie I was hoping it would be. Yeah, That's a damn shame. Anywho, <laughs> Going My Way was nominated for 10 Academy Awards, and it walked home with seven. Obviously, it's Best Picture. What were the other six? already had mentioned the great Bing Crosby won best actor in a leading role the second win is also a nomination in a way and I'm sure Steve you could uh, mm-hmm. illuminate this I have I have a little footnote but doesn't give me tons of information but uh, Barry Fitzgerald won best actor in a supporting role yes. he's also nominated for actor in a leading role <laughs> which is fascinating it is fascinating um Yes, at the time, I suppose you you could do that. This was actually the last instance of this occurring, yeah. uh, and now, uh, as you know, there have been some controversies in recent years about does this person count as a actor? Does it you know, or is it a supporting role? You can look to Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs, for instance, right. with his ten minutes of screen time. Did that was that worthy of a actor? It's more of a supporting role. It's uh, hard to say, but you know uh, now uh, now uh, the studios have to choose which uh, which category the uh, they want to campaign in. And uh, I guess back in the day, you didn't have to. You could just do both and hope. And I'm actually surprised he did win one of them. When you would think that might, he might lose out because he was nominated for both, right? Sort of split the vote or something like that. Yeah. Always just very, just very interesting how things were back in the day. It was, uh, it was, you know, this was the seventeenth, so they had start started to get their stuff together, but it was still like a wild west in terms of say, wild west. So it feels like guns blazing. Yeah, just who cares? I can put them in. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> moving on, for both for best director and best writing original story, we had Leo McCary, who we talked about a bit. Um, I think. Well, we can. I don't want. I want to save my my comments about what 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 maybe was deserved or not deserved for this. I just feel like I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to screw the pooch too early on this one, just because we hadn't. Neither of us had seen the movie. So right. I feel like this will be an interesting conversation, uh, just to sort of throw our opinions out there uh, when the time comes. When the time comes. Dum dum. So, so Leo McCary. Oh yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get doomy. Uh, Leo McCary picked up two wins for director, best writing. Um, yeah, but what's interesting? Best writing original story, right. best writing screenplay. <laughs> the Franks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. Frank Butler, Frank Cavett. Oh yeah. I believe they were known in Hollywood as the Franks. I don't, that's not true at all. I'm just hoping that that's how they went around calling themselves the Franks. Mm, I go I, maybe button Cav. Ooh, Cav butt. Cav butt, but but we'll we'll. We'll we'll workshop that. We'll get yeah. it back to you people. We'll release it as a special episode. Yes, it will. Hang hang with Frank and Frank. Just, just wait for it. It'll happen. <laughs> yeah. And then the uh, last uh, win was for best music original song. Uh, Jimmy Van Houston did the music. Johnny Burke did the lyrics uh, for the song "Swinging on a Star," which 
Which I gotta say, I, I appreciated the the music branch of the Academy just nominating what looked like essentially every song that was released in a film that year. It's a very long list, <laughs> uh, and I do have uh, like I don't know, like maybe it's the only original song in the movie. I gotta say, it was my least favorite one of them. I just I was so I think I was I was very annoyed by that song. It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, I would agree. Although, agree although if there was a kid version, I might sing that. I might have someone sing that to my daughter because, like, you know, it's like it's a very kid friendly yes. song. It's just weird when you hear the like the velvety, velvety chords of Bing Crosby singing. It's just it's very bizarre. It, it does sound like something you see on like a kid show nowadays. It, it oh, really, yeah. you could just take the lyrics and do it, and it would be a, a kid show. You yeah, just throw it right on. Oh, absolutely. It would be the entire thing. Something about a pig and a chicken, and it's like and it's got that weird moral message, like like you could do this, or you could do this other thing and not be yeah. a fuck up. Yeah, don't. Be... <laughs> but they they tell that they give that lesson in the weirdest way imaginable. It's yeah, a strange way to deliver that. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, I do. I do have one last thing. Uh, going back to the best actor and supporting actor. While it was the case that it could happen. Fitzgerald is the only time in Academy history that mm. a actor was nominated for the same uh, for the same performance in two separate categories the same year. So that's uh, one more little fact coming right at you. Yeah. All right. And so if I, you want to mention the other nominations, yeah, you're sort of on that. Yeah. Uh, no, I just, I honestly, I don't, I don't mention all the other nominations for the uh, the uh, the actings. I'm like my notes are I'm I'm not a good host. I'm not a good host. What can I say? My notes are not not the best here, folks. Got a lot of things to do. Uh anyways, what else was the the film nominated for? We're missing two. So it was nominated for best cinematography in the black and white category for Lionel Linden, and then best film and editing for Leroy Stone. Bad bad Leroy. Leroy. Oh, I was going no, oh, Leroy Jenkins. Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we both had jokes about Leroy. <laughs> yeah. Well played, well played. You're you're welcome. This uh, 1944 was the first year that there were only five Best Picture nominees, uh, and that it was that case for years and years, for uh, almost seven decades, I believe. And it recently changed. You can it started opening up to usually eight to 10 nominations however for me it's per it's it's the classic there might be 10 nominees but there are only five real contenders so matt i'm wondering what is your opinion on the uh number of nominated films each year do you think it should be more are you happy with that do you want it to be five what are you what are your thoughts i i, I sort of lean with you i guess that I, I like the idea of having more because it opens up the category for some sort of non-traditional sort of nominees um but i do feel like at the end of the day you probably could look at all those 10-year nominations or nominee years and say yeah five of those are just not even going to remotely get a chance on this like they're just they're just up there it's nice that they're nominated right but you might as well just do the, the five and i feel like the other side of that is it's a practical one that it just becomes a little um cumbersome <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> sing the song i'm sorry it becomes a little cumbersome <laughs> do have that many just because it, i don't know it just like everybody gets a participant award everybody like i mean it just doesn't i don't know i sort of just supposed to be like the the elitist of the elite let's just make it five yeah make it like just make it a real like challenge to get in there mm -hmm. a lot of it that seems like a just a purely financial like cash grab like you <laughs> what there's a significant an actual like measurable effect on when you are nominated for best picture, your money, yes. your movie will make more money because yes. people got to go see it. They got, they got to talk about it. It gets, gets all sorts it's positive. It's positive press, but, and it does open up other genres. You'll, you can get films like inception or district nine mm -hmm. or avatar nominated, which would mm -hmm. just definitely not happen in a, in the, in a category of just five. However, at the same time, it feels kind of disingenuous because everything else is capped out at five. Like I think makeup right. may I think make, makeup may only do three or something yeah, like it's that. Really so it's really weird. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's five everywhere else, and 
to um, to open all of that, uh, all of those up to another five nominees. That becomes cumbersome. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you laugh crying? No, it's just joy. It's all it's joy. joy. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm laugh crying. Yeah. 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 Uh, Seven Mary Three. We miss you. Are you still? Are they still around? You would know. They haven't made an album in a while. Oh, okay, all right, all right, fair enough. I'm guessing one of them, God forbid, knock on one, one of them has had a drug overdose. <laughs> I feel like that song had to go to somebody's head in that band. That and Water's Edge. There was another. Oh, you're right. Big single too. Okay. Um, all right, we're getting a little away from ourselves. What else was nominated in 1944 for Best Picture? Um, the other four nominees. The proper yeah, so number. I, I feel like we always do this. I had I have actually seen three of these, and one I had not seen. I had oh, I have not okay. seen Wilson, the movie about Woodrow Wilson, um, which doesn't surprise me. I hadn't even heard of it, and I had seen the other three films. Um, Since you went away, um, Gaslight, which is a really excellent sort of like mystery thriller, right. um, with a very then, young Angela Lansbury. Yes, very young. Yeah, uh, and then probably one of like at least from. Easily from the 1940s, one of the top 10 films of the 1940s for me, Double Indemnity. I just am obsessed with Double Indemnity. We've talked about Billy Wilder mm-hmm. several times already. I just love anything film noir, and it's like the just the meanest film noir that does not feature a police officer character. It, it features a insurance salesman, like <laughs> the, the smoothest, toughest nails insurance salesman you'll ever meet in your entire life. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I feel like a pretty good. I mean, I haven't seen Wilson, but uh, the other three films I thought were very worthy in general. So okay, that's that's good. Now I will admit to being a very bad cinephile. I have not seen Double Indemnity, and I know I have to. It's one of those films. Like when you hear about noir films, it's like so. It's it might be the top no like uh, topping out all of the lists of the best noir films of all time. so yeah, I'm gonna add that to my extremely long list of things. Perhaps I have some time this weekend. Maybe I'll pop it in, or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out a way to watch it. Anyways, hmm. uh, yeah. So that's that is my confession here, folks. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I apologize <laughs> to all of you out there. Apology accepted. Thank you. Thank you. You accepted on on their behalf. I did. <laughs> 1944 in film. Um, to me, there wasn't a lot. There. You know, or a couple of things here and there, not a lot that stuck out. Does anything grab your eyes in terms of maybe genre or notable entries to the cinematic canon? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big, we just, just quickly talked about film noir. I'm a big film noir fan. There's just two or so, at least two films from 1944 that are equally fantastic. One of which I'm very surprised is not on the best picture list, the movie Laura. The Otto Preminger movie Laura with Dana Andrews yes. and uh, Gene, Gene Tierney. It's fantastic. Yeah, Preminger was nominated. Is, was nominated for Best Director for that. It, it was, yeah. So at least some recognition, but it's such a good movie. And then the other one was um, uh, Murder My Sweet. I believe that's the Philip Marlowe hmm. film. Well, it's not the Philip Marlowe character, uh, but it's Dick Powell. It's a really sort of underrated, uh, dark, again, really, really dark film noir um, that I also very much and then i think the only other ones that stood out one for well a couple for a bad reason well, <laughs> one for a bad reason so to have and have not is a, is a great film if you have not read ernest hemingway's novel then it's just like well okay i say that but ernest hemingway's novel to have and have not is like one of the most racist things i've ever read in my entire life the movie of course because 1944 it gets rid of most of the racism so it's it's nicer. You don't need a shower afterward, but it also just sort of removes all the grittiness of what Hemingway was really good at. Right. Um, well, well, I mean, it's basically because they're like, "Hey, wait a minute, that Casablanca flick, <laughs> that one best picture, that was pretty well, good, and why don't we just get uh, Bogart back and make it uh, it's basically basically remake Casablanca?" Yeah. yeah, it's basically what they did. It's almost exactly what they did. Yeah, which is unfortunate. It is. Um, that is that, that is a Hemingway I have not I have not I have not read. Uh, I think it's early. I remember it's early Hemingway. So it's and it's like like I said, very like ugh, every page you're like, oh my god, how many times is he gonna say what I think he's gonna say on this page? And yep. you're like, oh, thirty. Okay, well okay. that's six less than the last page. <laughs> right. Is there is there is there a lot of like walking home alone 
in the rain. There's a lot of soul seeking. Okay, yeah. That, well, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Hemingway without that. Right, anyways, yes. Anyways, I, anyways. The other the other two films I, I I hold very dearly to my heart are uh, Arsenic and Old Lace, which is just like completely insane, um, like comedy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a really really dark comedy, surprisingly from Frank Frank Capra, with a really funny Cary Grant. Um, I feel like. I just always will want to watch that movie. It always, it always just yeah. makes me laugh. And then a really, well, hold really on, good... just, just one sec. I got, I got to give a shout out to uh, the Medway Players, my mom's acting troupe, who put that on oh. one year, many, many lifetimes ago. Uh, it's a, it's a great little, it's a great little screwball comedy. It's a, it's, yes. it's very enjoyable, very enjoyable, but also it's super fun. Yeah. And, and then the, the last film that stuck out to me as I was just going back and looking was a really sort of early. Um, British, I think it was a British American co-production, The Uninvited. It's a ghost story with Ray, Ray Milland and and a couple others. Um, it's really good if you like that sort of classical sort of gothic ghost story. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's actually pretty scary. It still holds up really well. Um, yeah, it's an awesome movie. So I think Guillermo del Toro loves that movie. He loves yeah. anything that's old, black and white, and ghosts. Yeah. He loves What's that? Movies. Was that movie remade? So the, <laughs> there's a, there is a, a remake. <laughs> There's a movie called The Uninvited, made in America. It was maybe like 2009 or so. It is a remake, but it is not a remake of the movie The Uninvited. It is a remake of a South Korean movie called A Tale of Two Sisters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very, and they're both, they're all ghost stories. So it is a little confusing that they called it The Uninvited because it's not a remake of the It's not a remake of okay. At all. Okay, well, you heard it here folks. Uh, first, folks. Couple more movies for your own personal lists. I know I'm adding them right now. I add the list later on. I go back and listen to these. And I do have to say, also, this was the year of Lifeboat, Hitchcock film. Yeah. That was a that's a solid, solid early work from uh, from the master. Very, uh, very tense. Very a, a great look at how people react in extreme situations. Mm-hmm. And on that note, we are going to take another short break. And we, when we come back, we are going to. Go go our way, our own way on going my way. This road leads to Rainbowville. Going my way. Up ahead is Bluebird Hill Going my way Just pack a basket full of wishes And off you start With Sunday morning in your heart round the bend see a sign hey matt what is the plot according to the internet movie database of going my way yeah you got it it's pretty uh pretty good it says father charles o'malley a young priest at a financially failing church in a tough neighborhood gains support and inspires his superior I would say that's good, although they do leave out sort of a big plot point. Maybe that's just because they're trying to leave it out. But the whole idea that he's there to replace the priest, I guess, that, I feel right. like that's important for the whole story. But he's he's me going yeah, on. he's like he's like the the Catholic fixer. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, got to go in and you know, tough neighborhood and uh, make it make it right, make it better, et cetera, et cetera. So, Matt, my first question is: How familiar are you with? Hallmark movies. Those just like the the movies that are like, literally on the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, um, not very. I just feel like every single like advertisement or a, like a poster or a cover of one of those movies it has two people smiling, two giant heads smiling, or or looking pensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is a that is a very accurate description. Um, my my <laughs> I'm looking at them right now. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's all faces. Yep, it's just all faces. It's all very pretty, pretty white faces with yes. ridiculous with ridiculous titles. Yes, uh, that might not actually mean anything. My my wife and I, we the guilty pleasure of ours is to watch the Hallmark holiday movies, uh, and they're all basically the same. They're all 
maudlin, cloying, and safe. And I was watching this film and realized that this is a Hallmark holiday movie. It is maudlin and cloying and safe. And it is anchored with some wonderful, absolutely wonderful performances. Bing Crosby is amazing. He is Bing Crosby. He's great. But uh, beyond that, man, I... um. Oh, I, I just, this movie is right, is right there at home on channel 84 on Time Warner Cable for the Hallmark channel. That is, I just, it, I didn't, I just didn't care about the drama in this. Uh, nothing, nothing really bad ever happens and I don't think it is really held up. Uh, spoiler alert. And so this has been Oscar Watch. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Uh, what are your what what are your first impressions on, on this one? So, I, I I definitely agree with what you're saying, and I, and I have a, a sort of caveat to my response. So I'll start by saying this: I, we, beginning of the show, I talked about having my, you know, almost five year old nephew this week, so it was sort of difficult. And I'm sure you can relate to carving out time to watch a mm-hmm. two hour and six minute, you know, movie. And I I, I did watch it, uh, and I don't normally like to do this. I don't normally do this, but I did watch it over a couple days, and I think this probably has a little bit to do with my sort of feelings about it but i didn't i didn't really dislike it in any major way i just felt like you sort of said it was just sort of like all right i know exactly where this is going it's basically just like frank capra but not frank capra dude i had that exact same note like frank capra can at least he can bring you to the he can bring you to the edge like right. things can think like things can get actually dire and dark right. but here and spoiler alert the church burns down and i feel nothing i'm not worried about any of the characters no. because i just know ah oh, shucks things are going to work out great because right. that's the kind of movie they're, they're trying to make and capra does it so much better and here it just was uh, I honestly thought the movie had ended. Okay, with that in mind, we'll get to the uh, some of the more maddening plot points in a bit. But we do have to talk about uh, the bright shining star of this, and that is that is actually the acting. The acting is is quite good, and that's what sort of elevates it above mere Hallmark movie status. Because mm-hmm. like, if you actually put good actors in a in a Hallmark movie, they could actually do something with it. But for the most part, it's they're unsalvageable. Uh, you have to talk about Bing Crosby. How is Bing in this film? I mean, it would have been almost a complete chore to watch without him in it. Like, I, I mean, it probably would have just been like, I would, I, I and I, I would never do this. It's sort of like sacred for me not to do this, but I, I, w- I would have probably just like fast forwarded through just like scenes until I found something that was like, all right, like, it looks like something's <laughs> happening here. Like, yeah. No, it's not. Okay, move on. Um, but yeah, he, he gives it his all. He's, I mean, and, and as usual, it's not, nothing surprising with Bing Crosby. It's super charming. He's just got these really interesting sort of mannerisms, uh, in the film that, that just are just, you just can't help but sort of smile as he's doing things. He just has that way of sort of entertaining people. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I thought he was, I thought he was great. I actually thought it was a pretty meaty role for him. I think he probably had, he, he and, um, Father Fitzgibbon probably had the, the sort of best Sort of chemistry and it shows yeah. in, in the in the winds, but um, I, I thought his role was it was meatier than I thought it was going to be. The movie was exactly what I thought, straight down the line, white bread, like tail end of World War II. Like we just have something happy. <laughs> but I, I was kind of surprised in some ways that that Crosby's narrative or his, or his sort of character trajectory was a little. I don't, it's not dark or anything, but it just had a little more heft to it than I expected. Maybe that's more me than my expectations than anything, but. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was Crosby's first big dramatic role. He had been, uh, you know, he'd been Ben Crosby. He'd been like mute star of stage and theater and the musicals in the 1930s and early 40s. So he wanted to switch it up here. And he does, uh, he does an amazing job. He is charismatic as all get out. Uh, he is a priest in this movie. But uh, man, if I didn't want to see him bang like every woman within a five mile radius, because like he was thinking about it. No, he was definitely he was he was definitely thinking about it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, he's like I mean, dude's one of the most bankable stars yeah. in history. I think he's the best, most best selling singer of all time, and it's 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 uh, accolades a mile long. And he added yeah. an Oscar to uh, to his very long resume. Um, 
Uh, I I like him, but again, it's 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 he brings heft to the role and a certain bassy gravitas because he is in fact a bass to the role. But I'm just wondering, kind of, what it's all in service of. It's for a to me a nothing film that doesn't move me and just actually kind of annoyed me at times. I was never bored per se, but I was never really engaged because I was just going, oh, and now this happens and this happens. And mm-hmm. the the only reason the fire surprised me was because. I generally thought the film was over. <laughs> um, but there's there's one piece of characterization uh, that uh, maybe I missed it. I don't think I did. Why do you think Father Chuck O'Malley joined the priesthood? Because I don't, I don't, I recall. I don't think he ever actually explains it. No, that's the question he's asked several times. Yes, uh, but something always ca- something always happens. And he never gets him. to say it. Um... I don't know. I think that maybe he, and this is just a, maybe this is a stretch, but maybe he was sort of um, something with his his musical career. Like the character is sort of a, he's a musician and a singer too, and he was trying to sort of make it a little bit. And I think maybe that was sort of disheartening. And he saw sort of maybe like the greedier, darker side of society, and he was like, I don't want to do this. I thought my music was going to help people, but it's just a it's just a slog. So I want to do something else, and maybe there's a there was a subplot written in there about you know U.S. and the war, and he just saw the bad things that were going on and wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. But we never really we never really find out. All of this is a complete dull supposition on my part. So. He's a mis- he's a mysterious man who waltzes into the life of Saint Dominic's parish and then yep. waltzes right back out just as easily. Counter proposal: Father O'Malley is actually a skinwalker. Wow, and he has to switch careers every so often, lest people discover his true right. form. So, I just say like it, it. It. I'm not saying it's it is, but I'm not saying it isn't either. It's just you can't prove it. You can't. You can't yeah, it. you can, Nobody can prove anything because they didn't actually explain it. And you know what? I'm all for this kind of mystery type yeah. thing going on. But this actually annoyed me because I was genuinely interested. Like what? <laughs> because know, right? because all right, you're you're there with Rose Stevens, beautiful opera diva. You are a great songwriter. You have you're you have Bing Crosby's voice, and so you're just you're, it's like liquid sex just listening to that. What what drove you not to give up music, but to join the priesthood? There has to be something there. There's something traumatic there that I want to know about that this film doesn't give me because it wants to be a feel-good, sunshiny time at the movies. And yes, the America needed a feel-good, sunshiny time at the movies. It's 1944. The war in the Pacific is just going mad. We just entered uh, France, the D-Day invasion. We we need we need to pick me up, but this is this does not feel it because it feels so far removed from everything. Even the character who joins the military in one of the most blatantly patriotic Ugh. fucking oh my god, it was I <laughs> I hated that subplot. I hated that subplot so much. He joins first. He first he joins the air force, uh, the chair force obviously, and then he gets injured not in any combat missions. Like it's like no, the war doesn't act. The combat part of the war doesn't exist. He gets injured in some stupid truck drive like a friend like runs over his foot or something and then he gets to go home and everyone's happy at the end like oh i hated that i hated that i hated that so much you're taking time away from more important things like what's the deal with father o'malley i want to know about him give me more maybe more of barry fitzgerald barry fitzgerald is great what did what did you think of barry fitzgerald in this movie he was i mean if if if, uh crosby was sort of the you know, sort of the magnet in the movie about, you know, everyone was sort of attracted to, including the audience. Fitzgerald was the sort of emotional center for me, even though, I mean, I'd split the movie up, even though I sort of knew where things are, were going in general because it sort of telegraphs itself. I still found myself affected by the, the, the finale, by the ending, just because of the way he sort of plays it. He's this old man, this priest who, you know, has a lot to be proud about, and he sees his mother for the first time, um, and he just immediately becomes like a ten-year-old boy again. And there's something really sweet about the way he handles that. I mean, that's that to me. That's sort of 
maudlin melodrama handled well. You know, you sort of have to have an actor who elevates that scene because that could have yes. been terrible. But I think they did it really well, and I think they agreed did, there. They did too, and that's, and that's I think that's Fitzgerald's. Um, that's to his credit more yeah. than anybody. Yeah, he um, Fitzgerald has a lot of serious uh, like he has, yeah like he has to do some serious dramatic lifting. You know, he's this priest who is at the end of his line and has to figure out what he wants to do next. He has to give up this this baby, this literal church that he created himself. He built it himself, which I I don't know how you, you do that in New York City, but uh, it's it was the turn of the century, so I guess things were just a little more wild mm-hmm. back then. <laughs> but you know, he's got he he does some serious acting here and it's all it's all great. It's sometimes a little a little cute, but there's always that emotional center to it that you know he's this guy who's trying who's like who is confronting literally in the in the form of Bing Crosby like the future and I yeah. do I do think it's very very hilarious to think of a white dude from the mid 1940s as progressive in a way but yeah uh, I su- I suppose that is how time works sort of every generation looks at the old as uh, the um, as the old guard and so it will yeah. be until until uh, the end of time, which may be sooner than we think, folks. Who's no, this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the film is it's dubbed as like Cros- Bing Crosby's first serious role. This is not a musical, and it's not a musical. In the people break out into song and dance, elaborately staged numbers. There is a lot of music in here. Um, first, what did you think of, um, it? sort of being a non-musical musical and second what uh how did the songs hit you to your first point i thought it was great because <laughs> i didn't want all these obnoxious musical numbers i mean look don't get me wrong if it's if it's done well musicals can be very you know they're, they're they're sort of just slap a big smile on your face they're very rousing they can be very affecting and a lot of them are um but i thought that as i as i kept watching and i was like i don't think that this is really a musical and at least in the sense i was thinking it was i actually sort of well i appreciated that aspect of it, but i also really appreciated in general the sort of more organic approach to the songs the when the songs would begin rather than sort of like like and then like, where, why are we in a giant stage all of a sudden no they go to the vet and it's there like and then there's and then there's a performance and you see you're like okay well that makes sense he's going to see this woman who sings there and she's going to sing does it go on for a little while? Yes. Is it a song we've heard a thousand fucking times before? Of course it is. But at least it made sense in, a, in, a, in an organic way. And I thought that was, I, I appreciated that aspect of it. And I've completely forgotten the second part of the question. <laughs> um, how did the songs hit you? Oh, um, I guess I, I liked, I, I think best I liked, there's three scenes. Three scenes I, I, I enjoyed in terms of the sort of emotional connection. I liked the scene when he is teaching uh, Carol, the young girl Carol, how to sing the song with more emotion than when they first meet each other. I think that that was a really just, mm-hmm. just an, I, I thought it was just an interesting scene about sort of like musical theory in a really sort of basic kind of way. I thought that was a really just a cool scene. I liked this, the, the, the other scene with Carol and with the uh, Ted Haynes Jr. when he sings Going My Way, I believe, in, in her apartment, in her yeah. If you remember what I'm talking about, yeah, I thought that was also for the same reason, sort of just an affecting. It maybe because it's just Bing Crosby doing what Bing Crosby does best. That's why it worked so well, right? He's so good at I, it. I loved it, and then I really liked um, the sequence when he uh, he sort of sings uh, Fitzgibbon to sleep after he sort of Fitzgibbon finally figures out that he's sort of on the way out, and he sort of they have this night where they have it. They enjoy a drink together in his bedroom. I know it sounds sexual. It's not. Um, and he sings, what's the name of true, the song? True LaRue? Yes. He sings Which, that's, and it's it's a really just sort of a nice scene. It, it, was, it had a little sense of humor to it, and it was really sweet. I thought those scenes were really um, just effective. And that maybe speaks to me not being a fan of musicals, that the, it was more sort of organic, to the again, to the storytelling. But that's where I, yeah. that's where I land. All right. Two things, two things on that. First, I think uh, it when... Crosby was singing that uh, it's either True La Rue or Too La Rue. I could, I only had, come on, I leave, yeah, you know what I mean. That's as much. Um, and um, second, 
it's interesting. The songs you single out are all the ones that are just Bing Crosby singing yeah. and playing playing at the piano. Because honestly, uh, if I had to pick my favorite songs, those would be it as well. Because I I really don't like boys' choirs. Uh, and <laughs> I just, I, I just, I don't. And church music in particular, it it has its moments of this, um, shall we say, divineness to it. And it's great for church. I, I just, I don't want to hear it outside of church it's um it's just not my cup of tea not my cup of tea uh the opera again song we heard a million times before it went on way too long yeah, uh i was i was hoping to be I, I was wondering because there was an opera scene in um the lost weekend as well about the uh, you know the the champagne toast and yeah. one opera i'm like was it mandated you needed to have a opera number in your best picture winner in the 40s or something i have a theory i have a theory to this what is that um i think particularly in these older films they were really trying to get as many asses and seats as possible and and i think what was really popular in the the 30s and the 40s were sort of variety shows that you'd go see in theaters so they'd have Mm -hmm. comedy they'd have drama they'd have vaudeville they'd have singing and i think you'd hire these sort of marquee names for different aspects and you can't just like have an opera singer not sing opera a few times because people are going to go to see just her right um and I, I, so i think that's what they're doing do i like it necessarily no 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 but i think yeah. that's sort of what they were trying to do I right maybe that's a practical thing it's a money-making thing um but yes yeah so uh, yeah it went up to and um i liked i loved crosby's rendition of going of the title track going my way uh it's great i hated rose stevens's uh it was it was, it was just oh it was great it's just, it was just great. And like, like opera songs are written for opera singers and other songs are not written for opera singers. And you can, if you're clever, you can, you can blend the two. She could not, the composers of this film could not. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but uh, to me, the highlight was when he was singing the day after forever. I think that's what it's, what it's called. Yes. And he was yep. teaching, he was teaching Carol um, when he, when I was like, Oh, that's kind of a cute song when she sang it first with all of her hand, gesticulations and then when he sing it you go oh that man can sing yeah uh, like right or you're like oh yes he's been crosby he's been crosby yes. for a reason <laughs> it reminds right. you, yeah. i will have i'll have one of those please mostly <laughs> though i felt the music was just a way to add bloat to this film we didn't need it we didn't like i get he's building up a boys choir from the nicest group of punk ass New York City kids you can find and they're all like oh, of course we're all going to join this choir. I thought there would be more of a subplot there like one of the kids needs more convincing. Nope, they just they, every everybody just goes along with it because the script needs them to go along with it because it's a right. feel good <laughs> goddamn movie. Um um oh uh another I do have uh, another point. Um a potential fan theory. So the there is a maid at St. Dominic's Mrs. Car- uh, Mrs. Carmody. Carmody yeah. Do you think she is related to Mrs. Carmody from Stephen King's The Mist? Because <laughs> I don't know. There, there's clearly really nice. there's a there's a but there's a religious connection there. There is, there is, there is, um, there, and there, several generations could have passed. Yes. So, I mean, because I love that kind of stuff. Yes, <laughs> I do think that without a doubt. <laughs> All right, we'll take that. Cracked, get on that. You know, we're going to, maybe he, uh, maybe Stephen King really liked this movie and just like, oh, this is Carmody, sure. And have her get uh, pun- shot in the face. Oh, God, that was so satisfying, that movie. Spoiler oh, alert. I've never, I've never, oh, I cheered so much. <laughs> oh, it's just the worst. She played well by uh, uh, Marsha Gay Harden. Marsha Gay Harden? Yeah, she was just great. Um, so, final thoughts on the film. Uh, anything else to add? Mm. No, I, I, I just feel like I had seen so many. I have seen so many movies in a similar vein. Um, some done much worse, but as we sort of led this off with, some done so much better. And I understand sort of the want to do something optimistic at this, this, you know, the sort of tail end of World War II. But that, to me, that's not a reason to 
give a best picture win like just because we want to make people happy mm-hmm. i mean everyone who's you know all the audience members you know uh, uh, yeah audience members who went to go see that movie as many times as they went to go see it still enjoyed it they they probably wouldn't have been all that upset if something else had won in in my opinion um so for me yeah some of the performances are good but it just felt kind of like Oh my god! I can tell. I just know exactly where this is going, and I like. I'm terrible at that. I never know where things. Are. I'm always surprised. I get so sucked in that I just. I don't overthink it. I just have. A, I just watch the movie. With this, I was like, "Yep, yep. I know where this is going. And mm-hmm. It's gonna be a tough pill to swallow sometimes, isn't it? So maybe it's because I'm cynical about a lot of things. That's not true. I'm actually super optimistic about life. So an, an optimistic movie done well, Capra again. Um, works works beautifully for me um so some some disconnect in this although i will say and i read this somewhere so it's not my original thought but uh crosby's character being a priest is sort of just incidental it doesn't really matter so if this movie sounds interesting to you or if you sort of like Bing crosby but you're not religious at all which i'm not um self-admittedly not religious at all it it's not really one of those movies to me where you're like oh my god i need to like i need to listen to some black metal when this is done <laughs> It isn't really like that. He, like like Steve, you had said earlier, he's sort of like the coolest, sexiest priest you'll ever meet. Um, he's super charming, and he could be anything. His job, his job could be anything. Yeah. And it would have been probably just as effective. So um, I, I actually think it would have been. I, I think it would have been more effective. If it had been something else. The it felt so like you're just trying to hit all four quadrants so yeah. hard. It's like okay, we got we got like you know Catholic family values we got a uh we got white people just, just oh, a whole bunch of white there's there was that one black kid who had that one line yeah, it was said, like i got, was like what that's crazy you had the 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 military angle in the most convoluted way possible the the, the, the mortgage the it's just, it's it all felt so i uh, like maybe it wasn't um so rehashed back then but now 70 years later it's so rehashed as i said just any hallmark movie you will see so many of these bullet points just taken care of it's uh it's ridiculous. like especially especially the the factory is going to close down and somebody needs somebody new needs to come in and save it and along the way they learn a lesson and it's, uh, it's all a bunch of a bunch of crap um but it, this was this crap was so successful that the next very next year the continuing adventures of father charles o'malley came out into theaters and was again a big hit with the bells of saint mary which by all accounts is the exact same movie only this time there's ingrid bergman uh one of the just loveliest uh actresses ever to grace the screen uh there as his sort of uh probably not love interest but foil I don't know, Mom. Write in, tell us. I know you've seen this movie, and uh, it and uh, Bells of Saint Mary was uh, nominated for a bunch of awards as well. And Bing Crosby was came one of uh, I think only a handful of actors, maybe just the only one to have uh, been nominated uh, twice for the same character. Even Anthony Hopkins didn't get that. So, um, but ultimately, did going my way deserve to win Best Picture? No, I'm going to say no. Just, um, despite some good performances, this is a forgettable film with mostly forgettable music and a maudlin emotional core. It it there needs it's very just middle of the road. Capra goes down and then it takes you up and it feels earned. This just wanted it. It, was, it tried to bully its way into your heart, and uh, it, for me, it was not successful. Yes. Um. It just makes me, uh, having not seen Double Indemnity, but having heard so much about it, knowing that Double Indemnity is like in the National Archives as a movie of cultural and historic value, it seems ridiculous that that did not win. Mm. Uh, and you you could say you could speak more you could speak more to that about Double Indemnity, but uh, it definitely seems like a best picture win of the time, as you say. You know, March 1945 is when this was announced. The war is still going on. Mm-hmm. Give me some, give me some happiness. I don't need, you know, you said Double Indemnity is like this, like just like great, like dark noir. We, you know, maybe we didn't need that then. Maybe we needed this, but 70 years later, I don't, I don't need this film. Right. I, 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 I just don't at all. So that's uh, 
that is this episode of Oscar Watch. Next week, we are hoping to get something special for you because you and I are seeing each other this weekend. Yeah. And it's going to so be... Soon. So soon. So soon the last time. <laughs> I know. And it's going to be, uh, shall we say, nerf-tastic? It's going to be nerf-tastic. Among other tastics. Among yes. among many other tastics. Um, so uh, just stay stay with us. Keep checking the social media feeds at Oscar Watch Pod, and we'll we will be letting you know what film or topic we will be discussing next week. Um, you can of course reach us via email at uh, Oscar Watch Podcast at gmail dot com. We appreciate all of your letters and thoughts. We really do. Uh, send us your questions if you ever want to know anything about anything us movies yeah, just just want to just want to shoot the shit we'll answer your questions on air we are glad to do that mm. and finally find us on iTunes and uh, Google Music and do give us a review on iTunes five stars really helps but any 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 review or any rating will help get the word out about this little podcast that we enjoy doing so very very much Matt Marchetti, when you aren't talking about 70-year-old movies, where can people find you? And talking about I'm what? about 70-year-old movies. Or, <laughs> or not, not always 70-year-old movies. But, uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram at uh, movie underscore matinee with two Ts. Try to do a movie review a day. Um, do the you know, Oscar watch uh, posts there as well. Um, just random stuff with movies, with my dogs, with anything that <laughs> has to do with you know, movies and just fun stuff. So try to try to keep up with a review a day. I try to have them ahead of time so that I can always have something. And I try to sort of vary up what I do all the time. So if it's something ridiculous, something maybe more commercial, back to the ridiculous, back to the commercial, then really sleazy, just all over the place. Because that's how I like to watch movies anyway. So yeah, that's where I am. That's where he's at. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, until next week, have fun going your own way. We'll see you then. She calls me Goliath and I wear the David mask. I guess the stones are coming too fast for her now. You know I'd like to believe this nervousness will pass. Seven Mary Three is still together. They still have a website. It's the only thing under upcoming shows, which is really telling. It just says, Seven Mary Three is not touring right now. Please check back soon for dates. And then it says, More tour dates. And if you click on that, nothing comes up.